I like that now. <laughs> Non-copyright. Nice and cozy. Welcome back to Brozone. This is episode 41, I think. And we're joined by a very special guest. Obviously, I'm joined by Murray. Well, <laughs> Welcome, Murray. Special guest. <laughs> and Mackie on my left. Um, so, you know, if you want to introduce yourself to the listeners. My name is Owen Colgan. I'm a professional actor. I'm 25 and I'm from Mayo. Yeah, well, we've, we've got Owen on the show today. Somehow. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Owen. Thanks for having me on, lads. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I like to. I'll... Sorry. Oh yeah, that, that's just the water. <laughs> uh, I suppose we'll just guess. Oh, right, I thought I know. Maybe it's coming through the mic there. Right. Um, just go straight into it. I suppose. Sure, we'll get straight into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, first question. You know, how do you get stuck into it? <laughs> <laughs> You're mainly known for you know Hardy books. Um, which is one like how did that all come about? Sure. Uh, well, Eddie Durkin and the Viper, they were doing a course in Ballyfermot um, Media School and they had to do a weekend project. So they decided that they'd come back to Mayo to film a little uh, video or vignette, as they were calling them. And then uh, they put that together and they, were, they liked the look of it. So then they came down again and I the following weekend and they, they wanted to make a series out of it. So they asked the likes of myself and Salmon and Big Mick, French Toast and the Boo, to be in it like so we kind of just went from there really it started off as very small little five minute videos and then it, it turned into like kind of got uh, progressively longer as we went on and then we had to learn how to become actors <laughs> and we still can't act uh before the whole thing came about did you have a goal of being no, an actor or did it like just pop into your head during filming um it popped into my head during filming yeah because at the time I was only working in Galway and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. So I thought that uh, I, ha I, I hadn't gone to college either. So I thought this is nice. I get paid to talk shit so <laughs> maybe I can make a career out of this. Like us here, bros. And here I am 12 years later still talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was kind of always a bit worried that I hadn't, didn't really know what I was doing in my life. And then that just kind of fell into my lap. And I think the same thing happened for a few of the other lads too. They kind of didn't really know what they're up to. And in them days, nobody was really making a career from social media or anything like that. So it just kind of like progressed naturally. Yeah, so like, obviously you didn't know you wanted to be an actor and stuff. But how did, the, how did it change, you know, your life, I suppose, day to day? Getting all the fame. It, cha it changed it, uh, a lot. It changed a lot because before then I would have been kind of... Um, uh, probably shy enough like but the f because of the hardy books and being on camera and then people recognizing you it kind of brings you out of your shell a lot more and you kind of have to be a bit more of a performer like so in that way it's been very good you know i've got to meet a lot of nice people across ireland like so anytime we go to any town in ireland any of us someone will always say something oh i know i've I seen the hardy books and we're like oh brilliant and then it ends up in hanging out with that person maybe for a few hours or maybe having a pint or two or it kind of uh it changed the life in that sense that like it seems like you know everybody in in every town in ireland which is great really like you know because yeah. it's like one big family <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, you're saying you're going around to each town and you're meeting different people. What what you reckon was your worst experience with a fan? You don't have to put names or anything now on it, but if you had, well, not worst, say weirdest <laughs> experience. Um, there was a fellow one time on um, it was in, it was in around Fibbers Fibbers in Go in Dublin, sorry. <clears throat> and this lad said to me, "Oh, how are you buzz? How are you getting on?" And I was chatting away to him on the street, and he says to me, "Do you want to go for a pint?" So I said at the time I was like, "Oh, this is a brilliant idea." We had a win for a pint, so we went in anyway. And I bought the first round. I bought me and him a pint, and then he bought me the second round. And then, twenty-five minutes into it, I was like, "I have no clue who this fella is." It's like a weird sort of first date. And I was like, "So, are you from Dublin, or where are you?" You know, and and then the, the night turned a bit weird because uh, he said to me, he kept saying to me, "I had fifty quid and I lost it." And I thought, fair enough, like, you know, that can happen. But he kept saying it to me. So I was like, does he want me to give him 50 quid now? <laughs> want me to story? So uh, then I just, I didn't obviously give him 50 quid. But it, t- it kind of turned into a weird, awkward date. I mean, he just left then around three or four hours later and I was in the pub steamed. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side of that, well, what, what's, and what's, I what's your best uh, fan interaction? You know, what's, what's something that sticks out that's memorable? Oh, I don't know. Can I say that now? Um, <laughs> the milk across the country. <laughs> this is unfiltered. Um, Jesus, yes, well. <laughs> trying to think, the best encounter would be, well, I suppose it made it easier to talk to women, anyways, <laughs> which was which was always nice because because at least you'd have something to talk about, you know. So, uh, best encounter specifically. I won't give Anthony away for legal reasons, but um, gentleman never tells. It was down in Cork, down by the Brog. Exactly, yeah. It was in the front bar of the Brog. Pants were around my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only cad. No, I shouldn't be saying that. But... Was it with the same fellow who was looking for the fifty off here, or was it this is different? Exactly, the same fellow. Yeah, came around for round two. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, do you think do you think Mayo is a good place to go for the you know a good holiday, good destination? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and I was only living up in Dublin till the lockdown happened, and then I moved back to Mayo, and Mayo is a great place because you know uh, it's beautiful, like lovely countryside, and also like it gives you a lot of time to think about life. So I think there's a lot of nice places to be in Mayo to visit, and to, the people are sound, they're good crack. Lots of country folk that are up for a bit of devilment and uh, <laughs> some lovely land out this way as well. Yeah, yeah. You looking to buy a bit of land? Yeah, <laughs> Rose on tour to uh, Mayo. I don't think we have the budget for the, to buy land in Mayo now. <laughs> have you been up to Mayo much? What? What'd you say? Have you been up to Mayo much? No. Never. No, I haven't. I don't think I've been. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been Mayo, no. But from the sound of things, we'll have to come up. Jesus, oh, lads. We're told we're to from young age to stay away from the family. All right, are you not? Are you not legal, no? Oh, yeah. Well, well two of us are. You have two 18 year olds and an 11 year old with us. All right, lads. No, I'm joking. You'll have to come up to Mayo, yeah. Come on up and you're more than welcome to come into Cashtown and I show you around the beautiful spots like the, the ball alley, the alleyway, 
<laughs> the, the alleyway. <laughs> Does all the business go down that alleyway, is it? That's where all the secrets get done and the handshakes get <laughs> fit into each other's hands. Hopefully not during the current climate, though, you know, with COVID and that. Well, no, we still do it. We still, we still strong that alleyway. We kept, <laughs> kept up the tradition and we said, we give two fingers up to the coronavirus. We said, we're going to keep spitting into men's hands. <laughs> um, so if you were to describe your air, like the Castletown in three words, what, what, what would they be? A good place. You know, back to the Hardy, Hardy <laughs> box now. I know we kind of got a bit off topic there, but it's been so, like, so long since you probably That's recorded fine. it. But would you ever bring it back? Oh, yeah, we'd love to. We would, we would love to, yeah. It's just that um, at the moment there's no one biting, you know. We're yeah. waiting for the big sharks and, and to start biting and take a little nibble out of us because we're, we're around and we're, we're gagging for it. And we want season five to come around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we want to suckle upon the teeth that is RTE or Netflix. We'll do either one of them. So it just depends, really. But now it's up in Netflix. And I was told a few years ago that um, maybe Netflix might be interested in doing another series <clears throat> with us. So we'll see. But we'd have to evolve the storyline, too. You know, we wouldn't be able to be talking about hash or anything like that. We'd have to <laughs> talk about mortgages and going to America and different places like yeah. that but yeah definitely we definitely would I think we'd all definitely be up for it yeah we'd love to I suppose it, it, and I think maybe maybe um, since lockdown it might be a good it's a lot of stuff to talk about too you know mm-hmm. like there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, it's kind of like the Hardy Books when we did it that time I think it was just after the Celtic Tiger I think and uh, it was during the recession so people were kind of like didn't, didn't know what they were doing and now maybe there might be another recession thanks to the bloody bass. So um, maybe Hardy Books would be good to do it again now. Yeah, I suppose yeah. you want about um, you know it started from the, the the little project and it went to RTE. What what was what was it like? You know the moment where you got told you know your show was going to be on Netflix because I, I assume that's like you know a massive deal. Well, it is a massive deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know it sound, it's funny. No, it's funny you say that because it sounds class to say it's on Netflix and it is. It is very good I'm very happy about it but we like the actors in it if you call us actors we kind of we made up all of our lines see at the beginning of the Hardy books we improvised all of our lines and then when it went on to television they started saying to us we had to have scripts and we're like well we don't really do the scripts like we just improvise it and then we edit it down but they're like no 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 if you want to get money off us like a budget you have to give us a script you have to let us know what's going on so there was a bit there was a bit of a, like a transition trying to figure out how to you know, uh, re- not read scripts, but like sort of like remember all the lines and then deliver them like an actor would. And then, oh, yeah. um, so then when it finished up, then Hardy Books, like Netflix got involved and they said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll probably they bought it off RTE. Like no money crossed my hand. <laughs> and most of the actors, as far as I know, like the lads who were acting in it, they, like, you know, the French Dose, Boo and all the boys, they didn't get any, paid anything for that. Like, so... Oh. I was told there a few years ago it'll be up on Netflix, which is great, but financially got nothing out of that. <laughs> and um, but still, at the same time, it is. It's nice. It's good for the CB to say that you're on Netflix. I, I definitely yeah. I'm very proud and happy of that. But I'd rather um, the the best days when we were making Hardy books were the YouTube days when we could improvise as much yeah. as we wanted, yeah. and that was good, good and raw. 
Um, so with the uh, with the character Buzz that you uh, you portray in the Hardy books, yeah, would you uh, would you say it's an act, or you like you more about being yourself? Um, I'd say it's more like um, it's more uh, a part of me. I wouldn't say it's an act, but I wouldn't say it is me either. It's it's almost like you know, that voice that you have in your head when you walk around town and someone oh, yeah. maybe walks in front of you, or else you're driving the car and someone pulls out in front of you, and you're just like, you "Fucking cunt!" Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that voice. It's that voice just magnified, and then it's like and you know, the ignorant, ignorant voice inside my head that I just try to try to exaggerate. So it's definitely a part of me, anyways. But um. At the same time, like I wouldn't get away with being like that day to day, or else there'd be lads firing headbutts head at me left, right, and centre. Um, so, so it's kind of like a mixture, you know. It's like an alter ego almost. Yeah. So um, I've seen like comparisons of Gene Hardy books with like other shows, like sitcoms, not sitcoms, shows like The Inbetweeners and stuff. Is there any shows like that you've seen that you've drawn inspiration from into your character, like you know, like? Jay from the Inbetweeners as a character I can like link the oars and the Hardy books that type of thing you know Ken Barlow from Connection Street who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my age now um, what about Gary Lucy from Hollyoaks <laughs> no idea no, you're on I've heard, we've heard of Hollyoaks but no it's no not no no I'm just uh, they, they, these are shy references um, who no, no, no one no characters no the person I was kind of copying from Hardy books was a fella I won't give his name, but he was in my town and he was like, uh, I, I'm from the countryside and I used to, anytime I'd go into to Swinford, like to hang out, there was this fella and he just seemed to be hanging around the streets all the time and he'd be like, what the fuck are you doing in town, you could? You know, and he'd be <laughs> out to you all the time just for knocking around town. And he was a kind of bit of a bully, but he was good crack as well. So I just, I, I did channel a lot of his character and uh, kind of just exaggerated a bit like, but um uh, what was going to say to you? So no one from television? No, not really. No, it's probably a bit of my father as well in there, and some of my uncles, and um, all the hard man stuff came from my mother as well. She's real tough. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Do you know the your man from the, yeah, was in it, the really. town? Did you give him? A, did you thank him, or did you tell him that you drew inspiration from him? No, I didn't know. But one time he came up to me in town. He goes, "Did you fucking? Did you say that I was the inspiration of that character?" I was like, "No, that never happened." <laughs> oh, we, and then we he was kind of like, "I didn't you care anyway." Like he kind of knew. He, he kind of knew because when we were all younger, like you know the way you're a different person when you're younger than when you grow up. So he kind of appreciated that I was what I was getting at, and he was like, "So uh, yeah." But um, sure, I'm ignorant enough myself at the best of times. So I probably was channeling something that was inside me already. Just cover myself there. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. So, growing up in, um, in case he's listening. your area, were, were you much of a troublemaker in your younger days? Um, I wasn't in national school. I was, in, I was a nice lad in national school and I didn't cause much trouble at all. I just didn't really listen too much to the teacher when she was talking. <laughs> and um, then when I got into second... See, I came from a very small national school. It was only maybe, there was only maybe 10 pupils in the whole school. So when I went into the secondary school and there was like 500 students, I started thinking to myself, I need to, I need to be able to figure out a way to fit in here. So that's when I started causing trouble. And I'd say maybe there was maybe six, six years where I was a bit of trouble, but I kind of got that out of my system as well. Um, but just, just the regular stuff like you'd be, you know, 
my neighbor's walking past her. I'm just, I'm just doing a. No, I'm actually sitting at a window here. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast, Sean. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. I'll give you a call. Sean can come on if you want. No, I'm. No, I'm at. I'm at the window of my house here, and um, I'm looking out the window, and then this fellow walked past with a dog who I used to go to school with. Oh. But um. <laughs> What was I saying there? Now? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, there was, so there was maybe six years where I was a bit of trouble. And then my mother made me move school. And then when I came back to the original school that I went to, I kind of had calmed down at that point. But then when I moved to Galway, myself and the boo, we moved to Galway together. And um, then we started hanging out with French Toast and uh, Eddie Durkin. And then the, the, the trouble, not trouble, but like the messing started again. <laughs> yeah, so what, what, what do you reckon is the worst thing you've done in school? Trouble boys. <laughs> that you can say on here. Um, Jesus, I. Well, there was a time where we were drinking beer in the back of the classroom, and uh, this what was subject the, was it? We had those little small French beers. It was geography, oh, and the geez. teacher was like, "Teacher, he was meant to be like Marcus Marin and Mayo, but he was he was terrible at whole, like keeping the students camp." So. We were drinking this like mini beer at the back of the class, and he was just like, "How will you put away that medicine?" He thought it was medicine <laughs> that we were drinking, but uh, the, the whole back of the class were steamed. Um, <laughs> that kind of stuff in school, and then maybe uh, like drinking like at a young age, that kind of stuff. Um, not not really getting into fights so much, but just more so like kind of drinking and kind of getting notes from teachers all the time, and then like failing a lot of exams that kind of stuff you know and just like causing trouble around the town but like nothing nothing like nothing as bad as the kids do nowadays <laughs> suppose you didn't have social media back then as well so it probably helped a bit you see and the thing is you'd get you wouldn't get you'd get away with it back then but nowadays you wouldn't get away with it so you'd have to uh you'd have to be uh very cute you know yeah. well no i tell you you wouldn't, wouldn't have to be as cute because if you if they didn't see you in real life doing it then you'd get away with it but Probably it was kind of like at the time it probably seemed like bad stuff, but it wasn't really that bad at all. Like um, I'm trying to think, there was one time where I, me and some friends, we smashed up somebody's bike, and then the guards came to the house the next day, and then um, I had to go in to see the superintendent in in the local town, and that really embarrassed my parents. So it was around that kind of time where I thought, I can't keep doing this to mommy and dad. Today. <laughs> You mentioned social media there. Would you have rather grown up in well, your generation or ours, like with technology and social media? I'd say, I know it's, this makes me sound like an old fart, but I, I'd rather have grown up in mine because I think social media, there's something weird about it in the sense that like um, everyone's kind of performing almost like, and you're always like, how will this look to an audience as opposed to just doing it to your friends, which is more like, you know, when you're performing to people, you're more like acting and it's not the true version of yourself. But I find that, uh, you know, if there's no cameras around and, the, you know, there's no phones, potential for phones to be taken out, you're much more relaxed than yourself. So there's a lot more privacy and I think that's important as well. So um, I, I personally would have preferred to grow up in my own time because I think there's a lot of pressure on people now to, a lot of pressure on people now to like perform for like social media and always have content ready and then, you know, there's an illusion that everyone else has great ideas all the time and everything else, when in reality, that's not the case at all. I suppose when um, social media started, like, taking over, I suppose, the world, what, what was that like then? Was there just a craze for it and everyone was going mental? Like, 
Well, it was at the beginning. It was brilliant because growing up in Mayo, like there was nothing for doing. Like you know, really, there was no way to kind of communicate with people if they weren't really from Mayo. Like so, like when people got onto Bebo, you're like, I'm talking to a lad in Donegal now, <laughs> or like you could be talking to people across. It was a big deal to be talking to people like in different parts of the country. So um, it was a way to connect people, and it was very good at the beginning. It was just like before there was trolls and before there was all the negativity on there, it was a way to like, kind of like build your kind of social group. So that was good. Um, but like it, it didn't take over your life. Like it does now, like even for myself, I'm on Instagram and uh, I find that like, I feel a need to always be uploading stuff. So I'm trying to, trying to break, break that trend and uh, get back to living my life without, without having to live it through social media. How do you find it? Um, yeah, no, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I'd agree. I, I probably would have rather grown up in your generation as well. Like, obviously, it has its benefits, but Jesus, there's a lot of pressure yeah. on us, isn't there? Yeah. A lot of cons. <laughs> More cons than props. A lot of pressure, yeah. Yeah. It's an illusion as well, mostly. Like, it's an yeah. illusion that you think everyone else is kind of, like, really on the ball when it comes to whatever content they're putting out there. But I think it's... Uh, it's it's a tricky one to figure out because it's a, it's an illusion, but your mind keeps slipping back into the way of thinking that you know everyone else has got a cool life, you know, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. feel like your life isn't as cool as theirs. But you know, it's not really the case at all. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of worse for the people who can't realize that that it isn't that it is an illusion. I guess it's more damaging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then again, maybe people, maybe like your generation will look. Sorry, no, maybe the, the next generation will look at your generation and say, we were so lucky that we only had phones. Now we've got chips in our brains. True, <laughs> true. Yeah, and like the, the people, <laughs> like you can see it even in schools and stuff, like the, the first years and stuff, they, they, they find it struggled. To, they struggle like to talk to people and stuff. Like, like we, we were, we're, we're able to have conversations yeah. with people and stuff, but now as generations go on, they just prefer They're so social media and their stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Like they'd rather text exactly. you it's the screens that, that are the yeah. they, they communicate through the screens and they're very confident on the screens but I mean maybe that's just the way life has to go maybe we just have to slowly morph into robots <laughs> <laughs> enough with the technology talk cash. anyway <laughs> uh, onto your job like not job your profession as a comedian how are you finding that at the moment um it it can be up and down. Sometimes I feel I'm very, I'm very creative and I'm doing good stuff. And then sometimes when it comes to the point of having to upload something or else if it's a performance thing, I'm like, oh, I don't think it's as good as I thought it was. And then it's like you're always second guessing yourself. Yeah. And then a lot of it, especially with the last uh, two years with like the coronavirus, it's like the same stuff all the time when it comes to the news or the papers or the media or what people are talking about. So it was kind of hard to find inspiration the last two years. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's no harm to sort of, you know, take a back seat for a while and just like see what's going on and kind of refigure yourself, you know. So a lot of people as well over the years have been asking, will Hardy Books come back? And that's great. Like, but at the same time, I'd like to do new stuff too. You know, you wouldn't want to be just remembered for one thing either. You'd like to, you'd like to kind of do a few things so that like when you are 60 or 70, and you're looking back in your life and you're like you can see maybe like a, a plethora of things <laughs> yeah um so like with you when you do stand up what do you think your uh, biggest audience would be would have been you know like how much 
to you. Numbers wise? Yeah. Or tall or tall wise? Like number wise. <laughs> um there's a lad who's six foot nine at one of the gigs. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's sorry, was that's a shocking bad joke. Uh, I was over in England. It was a few years ago, myself, Eddie Durkin, and the Viper. We went over to the Reading and Leeds Festival. Now, the people weren't there for us, but the crowd that I actually performed to, and the two lads performed to, was maybe, could have been 3,000 people. It was a huge, huge tent of people. And uh, it, was, it was the biggest... I ever performed to, and it was like we all had like 10 minutes each I think to, to perform our set so that was good crack and that was a big audience and then on my own I'd say maybe would have been I'd say um, there was a time where I did a gig in Sugar Club in Dublin which is a brilliant brilliant venue in, in Dublin it's called the Sugar Club and I think at one point there was maybe 500 people at that gig and I that was like people were climbing on the rafters and everything like that and that was <laughs> wild it was like Ibiza 2006. Yeah. Do you ever get um, nervous on stage or anything, or is just calm? Oh, I do. Yeah, no, I do big time because with Hardy Books, you know, back in the day, um, you know, you could reshoot stuff, or else at least at the very least you were with, with your friends, like so you're in a group and you know it was only the camera, so you wouldn't be too nervous about that. But when you go on stage, you kind of you get one opportunity to to do a joke. Otherwise, people would be like, does this, lad, does this lad not know what he's talking about? And then the illusion is kind of broken. So I do get nervous going on stage. But the beautiful thing I find for stand-up comedy is that, you know, it's like I always wanted to be a professional footballer when I was younger. But um, I remember reading somewhere in a magazine, if Man United don't discover you by the age of 14, you'll never make it. And I was 15 when I read that. So I was like, fuck, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> you have to be young it's a young man's sport but whether it's, whether it's com- stand-up comedy a lot of the comedians who are the best normally come into their own when they're like 45 or 50 so I'm kind years. of I've taken the pressure off myself and I'm trying to enjoy it more now so I don't get as nervous as I used to and um, I'm hoping that I'll hit me stride within the next 40 or 50 years <laughs> hopefully um, do you have any advice for people who would I'm sure a lot of people out there probably feel similar when doing any sort of public speaking do you have any advice uh, how have you have dealt with the nerves how well number one I find for myself I have to know my material I have to know what I'm talking about like uh, I used to think because Hardy Books again I keep talking about it but we used to improvise everything so it was all like met up you know whether it's with stage stuff you kind of have to have much more of a grip about what you're saying. You don't need to know it inside out, but you need to have a fair good idea about what you're what you're going to say. So that's the first thing I would say. And then, you know, try to maybe figure out the breathing side of things, you know, and try to take deep breaths and all that stuff. I find that that calms me down a good bit. And then the last thing is like, sure, we'll all be dead someday anyways. Like, so you may as well enjoy it because we're just like, like a load of lemmings in, in, in a ball in space floating around the place not knowing what's going on so really nerves are just they just kind of get in the way of you having a fun time of something that should be fun really yeah, that's right. I like that I like that good advice so um, when you said you uh, I hope that works you have a, for yeah. anyway. I will surely so you said you have like you know you obviously yeah. get nervous on stage have you ever like full on bottled it you know um Oh, I have definitely. Yeah, there was a gig before I did in Donegal where um, the back of the, the back of the stage was, was a bit of a hole at the back of the stage, and I had a projector. I pressed something on the projector, and then the projector just 
flung up in the air and, and I was like <laughs> trying to grab it and I fell off the back of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most like the next day when I was leaving I think it was outside Letter Kenny. I remember driving away and I was like nearly in tears with the wheel going, Get me out of here quick and I was just uh it was a heartbreaker. But at the same time it kind of it makes you stronger too, you know. So like those things actually make you stronger. It's the fact of getting up there that's that's the like if you can get up there that's already you've already done enough like and then just keep doing it and then eventually hopefully you will get good at it but like you need to be kind to yourself too you know so that's what i find is that you know you will have lots of shit gigs like and you'll you'll fail so many times but the trick is to not give up yeah did you did you always want to go into comedy or was it just kind of like you know after hardy books you know fuck it i'll just try to stand up um, well, it kind of happened in the sense that, like, because my social media pages were going well and people wanted to see me do some live stuff, so I was like, oh, that sounds like a bit of fun. But then coming closer to all the gigs, I was getting really nervous, and I was like, oh, I don't know, do I want to do this? But at the same time, I'm getting on, well, not getting on, but I'm I'm getting a bit older now, like, so I feel like um, I'm kind of really beginning to enjoy it a bit more now, and uh, I find with social media there's a lot more like filters to go through or else you might offend somebody here there or anywhere but stand up is a lot more raw you can can kind of have like you can have an idea like during the daytime maybe you want to say something about space aliens and you want to you think it's a funny idea and then you go up on stage and you can do it to like a a group of people who are there listening to you and that's I think that's like a a wonderful thing you know so I'm really beginning to appreciate stand-up comedy a lot more as I get older and I think that that's that's kind of where I see my future. Oh. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm not, I'm, I have a long way to go yet. So you, you say you obviously like stand-up because you do it. But is there anyone like you draw inspiration from or is there any like stand-ups that you really admire and stuff? Um, I like um, Eric Andre. Uh, I don't know if you know him. Tim Heidecker. Don't ring a bell. You no, sorry. <laughs> um, shite. Um, David Savage. No. No. Who do you like? No. Tell me, comedian you like. I'll tell you if I like him. Jimmy Carr. Does he ring a bell? Yeah, Jimmy Carr. He's all right. Yeah, now don't mind him. His laugh's more infectious than his jokes. I'd say though. Joe Rogan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good though. He's like he he knows it inside out. You know. He does, yeah. Um, there's another fella there, Troy. Troy something I was watching him last night on Netflix he was very good but I like I kind of like alternative comedians as opposed to the the more mainstream ones because I think sometimes I think the more mainstream you become the less original you become in a way because it's like you have to pander to certain yeah. certain like companies and stuff like that so I, I always liked Louis C.K.'s comedy and uh, I liked Bill Burr's comedy but yeah, now yeah. I kind of find myself more towards there's a fella called Tim Heidecker his whole his whole um, stand-up special is on YouTube and then Eric Andre has got a stand-up on Netflix called Legalize Everything I, I really enjoy those two would you recommend them for any listeners out there I would definitely yeah because it's like a bit different you know they're a bit like wacky and they're a bit weird as well like and I think the main thing about anything in life really is to kind of try to show your true self you know the weird side of yourself that you kind of push away throughout your life because you think people won't like it so those kind of comedians they kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for they like uh, 
try to show off their weird side. You know, they try to like yeah. put like exaggerate it even. So that's something I think to be said for that. You know, because we're all bit, we're all a bit weird at the end of the day when the curtains are pulled. Um, when you uh, so you also do a podcast, yeah. So with the um, yeah. So yeah, what what you um, what do you think was your favorite guest, if you can say it. Uh, well, normally for the podcast, I just I just have an idea, like, um, and I just talk about it, like, I might tell some stories about um, the Hardy Books uh, time we went to Poland, or else I might tell a story about a time I might have visited my cousin in, in America or something. So mostly, the, my my podcast is mostly me just telling stories and a and a few observations about what's going on in the media or the public at the moment. So that's normally what I do. But and then I did. I haven't really did that many interviews, to be honest, because I'm not really that good at them. But I'd say I really enjoyed talking to Michael Salmon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, have you got any? Crack, and I know, I know since he's a three-year-old child. <laughs> have you got any exclusive story time you want to tell the the bros on listeners of the all three of them? Bros on listeners. <laughs> well, um, oh, well yeah. actually, I was I was watching um, the football there the other day. Uh, I think I think England bet Ukraine four 0 but. Um, I, it reminded me of the time Euro 2012s we went over there for the football and I was just telling a story there on my latest podcast if you want to check it out and it was basically <laughs> about a time I got a, mas- a massage off a Polish masseuse and I didn't really realise what was going on at the time but it was kind of like hanging out with a load of naked Polish lads <laughs> <laughs> and then I was <laughs> then I was ushered into a small room where like there was like army music being played and there's a lady there going time for your massage so I was like this is sound and then she kind of like I had a small towel on me and I was facing down the way but then she took up the towel and then I had to turn around so she got a look at the goods for like 20 seconds (laughs) and um, we've been married ever since (laughs) well what's it been for for her to you know live in Mayo now (laughs) oh she loves it you know she brings the she brings the Polish culture to Mayo and I you know, I just, I just love her to bits, man. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you're on about your podcast there. How you don't really do interviews because, well, you say you're not good at them. But, um, well, we're kind of the same here. But is it kind of the same where you would want to get into them if you were like if you could improve at it, or is it just you prefer just to have a chat? Like, um. I do, yeah, maybe I think um, I I don't know because I did try to do some interviews and I didn't really like the way I go on with them. Like, because I get too, I turn it into an interview and I'd rather have a conversation. So yeah, yeah, I um I've definitely yeah I've definitely been working on it a bit. So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep trying it anyways. I don't like to kind of give up on stuff. So that's good. I'll um once I have these, I've got a tour coming up as well. By the way, in October, November, and then I've got a gig in Sligo. So I'm really working on the stand up. But oh, brilliant. In the meantime, I'm going to work on uh, getting better at interviewing people. Yeah, I've actually got a few kind of planned for the coming weeks. So I'm just just testing the water and trying to improve. But I don't really like to listen back to myself either. So yeah, no, where to say um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a struggle for the first couple of episodes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you yeah, but the thing is, I think that's how you get better. You need to really understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So. Obviously, you know, interviews, you have to keep doing them to get better. What uh, what interview would be your dream interview, you know? For, like, us, it'd be Joe Rogan or Elon Musk. <laughs> you, but, uh, no, you, you were number one, don't worry. Yeah. 
Like the the one interview you like, it's. What <laughs> <laughs> one interview one would you love? Oh, uh, let me see. I'd love to interview Oprah Winfrey. Oh yeah. That'd be a great episode, actually. Yeah. Give you a car. I listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "What's the crack, Oprah? How are you getting on? You put money in the bank." <laughs> Do you want to invest in my podcast? We're going far. No, I don't know. I, uh... <laughs> Do you want to go halves and a bit of Bitcoin over? <laughs> it's a bit risky I don't nowadays. Know, I don't know. Honestly, though, I'd say to interview somebody, I'd say, um, Jesus, that's a good question now. I'm trying to think now. I'd like to give you a real answer as well, you know. So I would say, um, I can't think of anyone like that. I have a cousin in America, he lives in New York, and he's very, very funny, but like, when any time the microphone is on or the camera's on him, he's like, no, dude, I don't want to do it. But he's got some great stories, and I hopefully someday I'll get them out of him. So I think uh, if I could get him on a, on a podcast, I, I'd be flying it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was planning to get him onto a few podcasts before lockdown happened, but then things went a bit tits up, so. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been on many podcasts yourself? Yeah. And, uh, which one was your favourite? There's no pressure to say us here. <laughs> no, just, I mean, I'm being honest. This is my favourite and was my favourite podcast ever to be on. This is my yeah. favourite, this one. That's the clip now. That's, we have, that's the <laughs> intro clip. Thank you. <laughs> Cut it there, lad. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I just... Nah, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, really. Like you know, just they're all kind of, they're all quite similar in that you like you know you're just having a chat with people. But yeah. I do, I do prefer to do them face to face. I really enjoy that because you can have, you can look into their eyes and see what they're really thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're the same. Well, with the whole, as you said, the pandemic and everything. Most of our, well, three of our four interviews have been via Zoom, and it just, it doesn't hit the same, you know. Okay. We, 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 in person the same, like, I like to hold hands when I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah, yeah, Telly. I'm looking forward to watching your stand-up comedy anyway. This <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, please come along to one of them. I, I think I have, um, I have. I have a gig in Cork coming up. I don't know where. I know it's in city city limits, maybe. No, it's not city limits. It's um. I shouldn't even be saying that really for this if for the different place. It's you know the Brogue. <laughs> you know that street at the Brogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's down the far side of that. Um, Tell you what, you might see up there. So again? when is it? You can plug your tour there if you want, and like just you know, talk a bit about it if you. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know myself when it's on. To be honest, but I think it's October, <laughs> November, December time. Uh, are you looking forward to it? God's honest truth. I can't wait. I can't wait, yeah, because this time now I'm doing something a bit different in that the stories are a bit more real. Yeah. And I'm trying to be a bit more authentic and show it, show a bit more of myself, reveal myself. <laughs> so listen, we've got um we've got a few questions sent in from the or four listeners. Yeah, about four. Yeah. <laughs> he sent in two. Um so they obviously want to ask you a few questions, um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, we just have a few fan questions yeah, for yeah. you if, you, if you're down to answer them. No worries, Tom. Well, question one. <laughs> well, 
Well, we already kind of asked you um, uh-huh. about um, your experiences with fans, but uh, another question we got was, what's your worst or best experience with like another celebrity or famous person? Um, my worst or best? Best would be I got to meet um, celebrity. I never really met any any celebrities that like people would like anytime I mention a celebrity I met people were like oh yeah Settler's not really a celebrity so <laughs> like if I was to say the name to you Gary Pallister would you know who that is? The footballer footballer, footballer exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you don't really care that much like you know uh, yeah we do, we do. <laughs> you're kind of like oh that lad good old pal <laughs> I met him and he was it was great to meet him but he kept he kept um, farting because he was drinking gone off cans of Guinness so that was the best and worst in the one go <laughs> did you meet him in a pub or was it at a football game no it was over at Cheltenham actually and oh. uh, I was over doing a bit of recording and then he, there he was and he was spot on actually lovely fella so I enjoyed meeting him and trying to think who else um, no one really like no one like really that that you'd care about no I can't <laughs> think of anyone that like would would you'd blow your mind at all no it's just like people who you'd see like in a magazine you'd be like uh, change the page <laughs> <laughs> no no I'd love to meet, love to meet Enya though I'd re- I've always wanted to meet Enya Enya so you know Enya the singer um, no I'm not no, familiar no. so like is this not our generation sail again away, yeah. sail away sail away sail away thanks for the singing but we don't know yeah, I'm just sorry we don't have a clue <laughs> no but um, we got Check her out. One She's one of the biggest selling female artists of the last twenty five thousand years. Um, we must be missing out, so lads. Murray, you, your your crown got taken. Yeah, <laughs> bad form. Um, we got here one. I won't say the name, uh, but they basically said they think that their girlfriend is cheating on them. Oh well, God. What should they do? <laughs> well, that that's a good turn. Yeah, no. Ooh, is that is that all the information they give? Um, yeah. <laughs> They think the girlfriend is cheating on them. Well, you know what? There's a funny, there's a funny thing to be said about that, right? Because, you know, throughout your life, you kind of get confused sometimes about the truth and what's going on in life. But there's a gut instinct inside you that's, you can't, you can't deny. So if he feels it deep inside his gut, he needs to listen to it. He needs to confront her and say, "Listen, I think you've been doing the deadly on me. What's going on here?" Yeah, that's good advice. And uh, find out, like maybe, maybe like just kind of. You know, it, relationships are built on communication. So, at the very least, you should be able to ask that question. So, if you just say to her, if you just say to her, like, are you cheating on me? And, and whatever information he has, give it to her. And then, if she says she's not, like, you know, she, you'd hope that she's not lying. Like, but then the day, if you're cheating on someone, you're only fooling yourself, really. Like, you know. Yeah. That's, well, that's good advice to be fair. Um, probably, like, if if it is the case, he can always go on to bloody plenty of fish or tender and. Uh, find a soulmate <laughs> have you been on Tinder yourself oh flat out every day actually yeah <laughs> first thing I do in the morning is like Are you on three right hours now? of work into Tinder <laughs> I'm swiping away as we speak <laughs> <laughs> we got another one sent in there um, they said they they want to get into to lifting any advice just get on the steroids as quick as you can <laughs> I tell you one Go of onto the dark web. Just <laughs> <laughs> nice. Get them sent to the house. 
and then you just go out and lift whatever you, whatever you can find. And then um, <laughs> no, but if you want to get into lifting, I would say yeah, get on get on the creatine. That's the gateway. It's the gateway into the muscles. Yeah. And um, hang pictures of muscle men around the house to inspire yourself. <laughs> I've got a picture of Jay Cutler above this sink in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Jake's, you know, Jake Paul, would you, would you fight him? That was another question. That's no, another question we got, yeah. I would, I would. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to fight Jake Paul and just destroy him for a couple of minutes. How would you envision a finish? I would, but I wouldn't finish him to the head. I'd be just pure body shots. Yeah, yeah. Break him down. And I'd just be whispering into his ear going, you're going down soon, mate. And I just keep <laughs> keep going with the liver shots. Just left, left liver shots to the body like thousands of them. And then I'd hop the cage and I'd I'd headbutt the brother. Just to be <laughs> <vanished. laughs> And then I'd go looking for Dana White and I'd put him into a sleeper hold. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Dana White in the and UFC? And I'd crush anyway? Adam's apple. Talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, what are your thoughts on Dana White? Dana White, I think he's a great guy. Yeah, I think he's, a, I think he's a very, very good businessman. And like, if I didn't have a father and I had to pick one, it'd be Dana White. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those good guys that you don't have to get around the place now. And just like the fact that, the fact that like he's just he's keeping himself in shape and he's well into his fifties now and he's looked after he looks after people and I appreciate that about Dana White and you know. If I had a choice of a father, I would have put him before my own father. <laughs> Hopefully, he's listening. Um. Yeah, obviously, we got the. Dude, Dana the... White and my father. <laughs> Both. We need all what's, this. What's the difference? <laughs> Not much. A couple, of, a couple of hairs in the head, maybe. <laughs> um. So obviously, a couple of hairs in the gooch. Oh my. <laughs> um. <laughs> Obviously, by the time this goes out, um, it'll be tomorrow night. <laughs> but uh, obviously, McGregor is fighting Poirier in the trilogy. You know, just, uh, a couple of the fans want to yeah. know what, what your perspectives and thoughts are on it. Because yeah. we know you're a big MMA. I think it's going to go the ten rounds. I think, um, I think it's going to get down. It's going to go down to the final bell. But watch out! Watch out for a, a super finish from. I believe McGregor is going to be. Um, it's like a flash kick. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but there's this new kick apparently he's been working on where it's like he runs up to you and he kicks you, but he also spins backwards at the same time. So watch out for that in round 10. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, lads. If, if Poirier loses via spin kick in round 10. <laughs> I think I think McGregor will take it though. I'd say he'll take it in round uh, three or four. Really? I don't think it'll go that yeah. long, I'd say it'll be... So you put a bet down, didn't you? I, I, have, I have a bet <laughs> on for round two, knockout for McGregor. Oh, how much did you put on? 200,000. Uh, I, I put a tenner on it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. What kind of odds did you get back then? I think it's I think it's 40-something if, if it comes out. Not bad. It's pretty decent. Nice. Yeah. You gonna invest money in the Warzone cameras well? Nah, straight down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> are you well into the UFC? You know, the whole the whole country's gonna watch McGregor, but are you into the other fights? Um, 
Sometimes I I do be yeah. Sometimes I do be into it, but then other times I kind of get fed up watching them, you know, because it's just like more entertainment to consume, and like sometimes you get bored of watching shite on YouTube. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I'm trying to think who's who's the who's the kind of heavyweight. I I like Francis Ngannou. I like watching his fights because he's such an animal. Like yeah, yeah. So I really do enjoy the heavyweight fights, but a lot of the stuff behind the scenes then. I've kind of came to the realization that it's just a bit of drama just to make you more invested in it. Like, you know, the likes of John Jones or the McGregor yeah. stuff with, with Poirier and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Khabib, Khabib was very, very good. I like the way he kind of went about himself. You know, I like the way, like I was reading recently that uh, he was fighting Justin Gaethje and Justin Gaethje was like, his parents were there in the crowd. So Justin, so, so Khabib didn't want to break Justin Gaethje's arm. So he actually changed mid-fight what he was doing to submit him. And he put him into, I think maybe a, a rare naked yeah. choke. So I thought that, that was cool. Like, but whether it's true or not is a different story. But never <laughs> let the, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, as they say. Yeah. That just shows the skill of Khabib, I suppose. If it is true, he can think in yeah. the middle around how he wants to finish someone. That's actually a bit scary. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll do this instead. That is, that is, can. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty scary, you know. That's like something I'd do. <laughs> to smash. I reckon you'd beat Khabib. I would, yeah. If you gave me a week to train, I'd beat them easily, yeah. Um, up in your but I'd want a good week after after cigarettes and the, and the cake. <laughs> up in your Instagram there, did, 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 I, did I see it correctly? Or do you have an upcoming fight? Or is that just, just a bit of crack? No, I do, yeah. I'm fighting this fella from Galway called Peter Claff. And uh, he originally called me out, trying to make a, trying to make a name for himself. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want I didn't I wasn't having it so I called him back out and then he called me back out and I'm calling him back out again and we're going to keep doing that until we actually cross paths and when we do cross paths there's going to be blood spilt and tears <laughs> tears uh, spilt as well I suppose do you want Dane as the promoter could be Dana could be anyone could be anyone if you lads want to do it as long as someone <laughs> might be Michael <laughs> Higgins can do it I don't care you have any message you want to I give I just him? want to be skin to skin with another lad in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> no referee, no judgments, just two lads in a ring, semi-naked together. <laughs> Will it be live on pay-per-view? It'd certainly be live. <laughs> it can be. It can be. It'd be live at the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's actually pretty much all of our fan questions, unless you yeah. have any more, any any mystery ones, any last minute. What, do you have any predictions for your for your fight in August? Any for my fight? Yeah. So what I fight? Any any predictions for your your own fight? Oh, it's going to be like a first round knockout by crush to the head. <laughs> <laughs> just it's just going to lay down like fifteen left hooks straight off the bat and then when he's on the floor I'm just gonna hop on a motorbike and drive over the stage I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, no, to be honest no 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 I'm not a fighting man anymore I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to step away from that side of things and become a more of a lover of life and sort of appreciate nature and the trees and the birds and all the other stuff that's out there After so I'm hanging up my boxing stuff. gloves and you've heard it here for a wait so is the fight happening or oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still can't tell <laughs> This is this is an exclusive. I'm I'm pulling oh. the plug, lads. Oh. I'm, like a few I'm giving up. I'm giving up. 
great game. That's another clip for us and, there. Um, Thanks. You know, I want to apologize for calling out that lad, Peter. He's a good guy. He's got a wonderful family. And, um, I just want to apologize to him right now that I'm sorry for what I said. And I just, I don't want to be that fighting man anymore. I want to be a lover of life and a kind-hearted soul. That, the kind of person that you go to and, you, you know, you've got really soft hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some emotional roller coaster there in the last five minutes about your fighting <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just uh, my hormones are all over the place, and I apologise for that. That's the steroid <laughs> talking. Uh, it's content. <laughs> yeah, d- listen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. It's a good way to wrap it up, I yeah. think. Which is, we've been going for fifty Lovely. minutes. Well, uh, thanks very much, lads, for having me on. And I- I really do appreciate you having me on, and uh, oh, no, we appreciate I'm looking you forward well. to hear he listened to one of your podcasts. Oh, thank yeah, you, thank you very much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to shout out before we wrap up? Any social medias, your tour, or your upcoming fight, or no? Just big shout out, big shout out to everyone there in Cork City, and looking forward to stepping inside your beautiful grounds very soon. And I enjoy walking down the promenade, and I spent many years living down in Cork City. Would you believe? Van Margaret Street. Compare like you living in Cork City to your time in Mayo, which did you prefer? Oh well, I mean I have to go for Mayo because it's the, <laughs> it's the motherland. That's where I was birthed, and it's where I, it's where I was breastfed and brought up. So I couldn't really go against Mayo. But Cork is, Cork comes in a very tight second. Okay, no, at least you're loyal. We can respect that. We can. Yeah, we can. We can, we can. You got to appreciate loyalty and trust. But. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So we appreciate. All right, lads. I'll leave you to it, though. And we hope by the time by the time we talk next, that England will be out of the bloody Fingers Euros. crossed. Hey. Hopefully, it doesn't yep. come home. <laughs> Take care of yourself, lads. See you. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks very much. Good luck. Yeah. Bye, bye, lads. Take care. And right, well, that's, that's, that, that's been the interview. We'll wrap it up. Uh, well, Owen's already gone now, but we want to thank him for joining us. It's been Brozone, episode 41. Owen Corrigan interview. If you check out our socials, Brozone Official, TikTok, Instagram. Check out Owen Corrigan Fitness on Instagram as well. He's a legend. That's pretty much it. John by Murray and Owen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we did it too early. I did a small bit. Peace. Peace.